Hey, what's going on? This is uh, my very first episode of my new YouTube venture called Thin Coat of Varnish. So, yeah, the reason I'm calling it that is because uh, it'll be a little bit more refined than I guess the podcast will be. Now, with the video element, I'm hoping to add a little bit more production element to it. Um, I'm just... Uh, gonna give you guys a little bit of a update on uh, why I'm doing this and uh, it's mostly because I just ran out of time to do a lot of different things for my typical art business day-to-day month-to-month week-to-week things so instead I'm doing it this way because I can kind of give everybody an update on everything and do a little bit more with video instead of just a blog or a newsletter and so yeah I guess my newsletter will sort of morph into becoming like the text version of this show so that's what I'm gonna do I've been having a lot of fun lately uh, I went on a trip for a week and a half to up to Oregon and what I did there was I uh, did a workshop with my friend Zavu um, I actually taught a two-day workshop with her I helped to facilitate that and make that happen and it was a good experience for me because I'd never done a two-day workshop of teaching like that before so yeah it was fun it was a super hot weekend though it was a hundred degrees up in Portland which is pretty crazy Pacific Northwest doesn't usually get that hot the workshop I did was a outdoor figure in yeah it was figure in the landscape basically so paint a figure outdoors and I will post up pictures of that and let you guys uh, in on seeing how that went and yeah it was really cool I also got to do some painting alongside them so uh, well I actually do I have my paintings here that I could show so um, the very first lesson was all about values capturing values in a, a short period of time with the model so what I did was as she was explaining the concepts I was painting alongside the other students as we were doing the workshop so so yeah these were a little 20 minute studies I painted these with uh, turkey umber and white and that was those were the only two colors I used for these studies um, the reason I liked turkey umber over ivory black is because turkey umber is just an umber color so it doesn't yeah it doesn't overpower the mixture like ivory black or another paint like that would so just using a little bit of ivory black goes a long way and with the turkey umber you can actually be a little bit more subtle with the mixtures it takes a little bit more to mix into it to change the color of the titanium white I would say yeah if you guys want to do studies like these in black and white try just the uh, off black like a like what I was using here a turkey umber so yeah that was uh that was the first ones I did the next study 
that I did with the model was this one here. This one was a really tough challenge actually. It was a study of the model and there was no direct light on her. This was all in shadow. And so I had to keep it all within a value range of her being in shadow. So um, all this was just modifying values within a set value range, which is like a sort of a dark mid-tone. Even though there's nothing really to contrast with it, I still tried to put as much subtle value range within the subject as I could as I was painting it. But yeah, that's how that study ended up. So that was also hard because I actually had to explain everything I was doing as I was painting this, which was already hard to paint. So that's how that went. Next thing that Zaha had the students do was a full color version of the value studies that they were doing. So this was what I did for that. And uh, this one was 40 minutes. It was nice and relaxed because I didn't have to do any explaining really of what I was doing. So that was nice. And so this was all just me getting to paint. She was wearing a really pink kimono sort of dress and there was a lot of sunlight and everything and the color was bouncing around. Part of her was in shadow and part wasn't. She had that umbrella and so yeah it was very tricky to do all this but I had a lot of fun painting this little study. So that was what we ended up doing with the model that first day. The next day was my turn to teach. The very first thing, so what Zaw wanted me to do as the teacher on the second day was to explain a little bit of using color to describe form. We weren't really doing that in the first day. It was all about just showing the value pattern of the subject in the landscape. So we were out of park and there was a lot of dappled light under the trees and everything which made things tricky. The lighting situation was changing all the time and also it was 100 degrees so we had to be we had to have her a little bit in the shade and a little bit just not in the shade either so we could get some light on her just to make it a little easier to do. So this was a really quick little head study. I think it was about 20 minutes or so that I painted this one. And the whole idea was just not to do any of her features as little as I could, just describing the form with the paint. So I was using a lot of uh, just reflected color in there in the half tones and Hopefully, um, as I do more of these YouTube videos, I'll try and sprinkle in some tutorials of painting and stuff as well, since we have video at our disposal here. So the students work for a little while um, during the afternoon, and then after lunch, um, we did an exercise uh, this was a 40 minute exercise that I did 
what the objective with this one was to modify the color of the I guess of the subject and the environment just to show how you can use artistic license to change what was in front of your subject and suit it to what your particular artistic wants were. So I keyed up everything a little bit from the actual thing I was painting and made everything a little bit skewed toward a grayish blue and crunched the values together a little bit in the background especially to make it a bit more moody misty feel as I was doing that I was paying attention to how I was going to do the figure and so the figure became a silhouette in the environment and so this took me 40 minutes and it's a nice little color study this is something that if I were to take this inside the studio and do a finished painting from it'd be a pretty good color study to work from so that's what um, this ended up being as a demo and students seem to really like it so there was that and so yeah that was pretty much what we taught in the workshop I think the students got a lot out of the workshop Zah's amazing teacher I'll put some examples of her work up in the in the clips and the show notes so you can see how awesome she is <laughs> next what we did was go to the Pacific Northwest plein air and so they've been doing the Pacific Northwest plein air for a number of years now I think it's been over a decade that they've been doing the event and I've been going since 2010 I took a break for a couple of years uh, while we were just I think I I just wasn't able to afford to go up there and then other people weren't able to afford to find a room to stay in there so we got the idea instead to go to a campsite nearby and so instead of spending all this money booking a hotel room or something like that we have a lot more fun getting together and camping and painting and swimming and all that and so the next episode of waiting to dry it's going to be Anton and Zah together and we just talked a lot about our experience with camping and doing these plein air events but here's one that um, I didn't put in the show but it's a, a painting of a waterfall and that's it was called Dog Creek Falls yeah like I said before the temperature was in the hundreds it wasn't quite a hundred in the morning but you could feel it start to get hotter and hotter as we were painting so I pretty much only painted this first day um, in the morning because I had a lot of things to do actually and uh, I had to actually drive back from Hood River to Portland and so instead of 
baking in the heat all day. I just did this one painting. Uh, it was nice because near the waterfall we were secluded from the heat and everything and we were getting a little bit of the mist from the waterfall so that was nice and so that kept us cool for a while so yeah that was the one that I did there and the rest of the day actually I went back to Portland and shot with the model Floofy and I've worked with her a bunch you've seen paintings that I've done of hers a bunch and um, yeah that was really cool but it was really hot in her studio as well where we shot so that was a short little um, shoot but I still got a lot of good shots out of it and she's amazing so it's hard not to get good work out of her when you shoot with her so if you're in Portland and need a model definitely look up Floofy because She's one of my favorites, and I love every time I get to shoot with her. So, yeah, the the rest of the the week was spent plein air painting. Although I did take it kind of easy this year, I don't love to paint in the heat anyway. So we painted as much as we could. Well, not as much as we could. We only painted. I basically painted one a day. The next day I did. A 12 by 24 painting that is showing at the museum right now. It was basically we would paint in the early morning or early afternoon and then just go swimming the rest of the time because it was hot and that's all we really felt like doing. And then we also just felt like drinking beers and eating amazing camp food. <laughs> so. I get into that a little bit in the Waiting to Dry podcast that's coming out soon. Well, actually, by the time I put this out, it will be out. So, yeah, if you guys want to know more about how it was with camping, you can go ahead and tune into Waiting to Dry episode 31. So, uh, yeah, no reason for me to recap the podcast here. So. I guess the other significant thing that we did in that week was we went up to the Seattle Art Fair, Anton and I did, and that was interesting. We kind of went on a whim. It was, I believe, Friday, so there was nothing for us to do. We had to turn in our work on Thursday, and then we went up to, or, and then the show was on Saturday, so... There was a free day of, on Friday of not really having anything to do. So Anton said that he wanted to go see the Seattle Art Fair. And so we decided to drive three and a half hours up to Seattle from where we were. And we did a, a sort of a quick walk through the booths there. And it was... Mm, it was interesting there was some good stuff there but for the most part it was kind of what you would expect from that type of art fair kind of snobby uh, a little bit pretentious not not a ton of great art there I just don't think that there's a lot there at an art fair to see unless you just know that there's gonna be a bunch of galleries there that you like but I think there's a potential for a really cool art fair to 
to exist that somehow can attract all the best art galleries because it would be kind of like a group show but a group show for galleries and so it has to be very well curated just like a, a show would be so I think it just goes it can go one way or the other uh, it's just the the strength of the I guess the galleries that participate in the show so uh, yeah we talk a little bit more about that on way to dry as well but I just wanted to give you guys a quick little recap on that show was on Saturday and there was an opening reception and um, there's a few of us that got awards which is pretty awesome I ended up getting an honorable mention so that was fun um, Anton got second place for this really cool painting that he did I watched him do part of that painting and uh, it's pretty cool to watch him paint because he uses so much paint he just slathers it on and his work is very towing the line of abstract and representational which you don't see a whole lot in plain air so it's always neat to see what he's up to as far as that goes sometimes he pulls it a little bit more representational depending on what he's painting and then sometimes he does more of a of a really abstract loose type of work so it's pretty neat uh, definitely look up Anton Pavlenko if you haven't seen any of his work yet and let's see Zara got I believe best mountain oh yeah they have uh, different categories of prizes that they give out there so it's pretty cool to see who gets what and for the most part I was pretty satisfied with the awards however they were giving our friend Young who is an amazing watercolorist he got first place and deservedly so I mean he's his watercolors are some of my favorites out there right now it's really cool that uh, I know him and consider him a friend so definitely look up his work as well um, he's on Instagram at young Z H O N G so definitely look him up and I think you'll enjoy it especially if you're a watercolorist and he uses really bright punchy watercolor with a lot of contrast in it it's really neat to see how he works and what he's able to do with watercolor because he doesn't tiptoe with his value range it's really neat to see he's very saturated with his colors and everything but holds it together with values really well so man he's a really good watercolor so uh, he's better with watercolors than most of us are with our oils so check him out <laughs> That was pretty much it as far as the Pacific Northwest Plein Air event goes. None of us ever really expect to sell much. I, for whatever reason, Plein Air collection isn't much of a thing in that part of the country, unfortunately. You can sell stuff if it's really cheap, just like any other place, but it's not a big tradition of collecting Plein Air artwork and I mean God bless the Mary Hill Museum for trying to make it into something up there and hopefully it, uh, as the years go by they find it worth continuing to do this event 
because I think it will just keep raising the profile of what we do up there and what the artists of Portland do at least uh, the group that I'm associated with really cool really tight-knit group up there awesome work unique so yeah hopefully it keeps going on my way back home I wanted to stop in and check out uh, Bend Oregon I always just kind of pass through the most I'd ever spent there was half a day and I really like that area of Oregon I mean I really like Oregon in general but that central Oregon area is really beautiful they call it a high desert and there's a lot of just pine forests around that lead into mountain scenes lots of rivers around the Deschutes River goes through it and there's just so much around there to see you can go one way out to the mountains and there's like a ski resort and stuff there in the winter time and then one way you can go and it's the like the alpine forest and all that so and there's a lot to see out there it's not too crowded yet because it is like in the middle of nowhere relative to any metro area so um, in some ways that's an advantage some ways that's a disadvantage but I think as an artist unless you really want to be in the hustle and bustle you're really trying to make a name for yourself in a certain type of environment for art you don't necessarily have to be near a big city to make it especially in the plein air world and especially these days of Instagram you can find people anywhere as long as they're good painters you're probably gonna get found as long as you put yourself out there try and get yourself found online so I don't know these days more and more with California getting more and more expensive you do your mind does start to wander as to where else can you go put your feet down and start up your or resume your career in the area where your money goes a little further in you never know where people might end up going I don't know not saying that we're gonna move to Bend Oregon anytime soon but it's a great place to check out for sure um, speaking of places to check out in Bend Oregon my buddy Eric Jacobson lives nearby and he's a a really good painter um, does a lot of plein air work also a very unique style and uh, he shows that Mockingbird Gallery so him and another painter I know Mitch Baird had a show up there so it was cool to see them uh, in a show together at a really nice gallery a gallery that has a lot of good work very sort of I guess uh, western slant sort of like what you would see in Southwest Art Magazine or one of those kinds of, of magazines so uh, Mockingbird Gallery it would be a gallery that I would like to show some landscapes or anything there. It's a really neat gallery in an area that you wouldn't expect to have a, a neat gallery. So hopefully uh, one day I have some work there. And so Eric was nice enough to put in a kind word for me there. So that's nice of him to do that. So he took me to some uh, park outside of town and 
so we went to this reservoir and then what I ended up doing I ended up painting this painting in plein air with him uh, it's hard to see probably in here but it was a really smoky day and so the mountains were really obscured what was fun about this one was really trying to get the values to recede the values in this painting in the background I really love that kind of stuff where um, you can really push the background really have it recede out there it was also a lot of fun to do all the uh, color modulation in within the brushwork there the thing about the Portland painters and or the people that I know up in Oregon who paint with me they're very fearless when it comes to the amount of paint they use and so it's really neat to watch them use as much paint as they need to get the effect they want there's a lot of swirls of color mixtures are, are just sort of half mixed so they do a lot of optical mixing in their work and their brushwork is very loose a lot of playing with edges and things like that so it's really interesting to see how they work and it just has really started to rub off on me especially with the, my plein air work so this was a bit of learning as I was painting just because it uh, helped push me toward uh, a different way of painting than I'm normally used to but that I would probably ultimately enjoy seeing more in my work so that was fun uh, then I finally made it out to Smith Rock. I guess that area is most famously known for, for Smith Rock. It's very well known with rock climbers. It's very popular for that. But what's really cool about this place is that it's almost like a little mini Utah. Like It reminded me a lot of the national parks that you see out there. Just like a really small version of it. But the rocks are really awesome there. So. Um, I did a, a quick painting of, I believe this is what, what they're referring to when they say Smith Rock. So I cropped in a little bit because I wanted to get an interesting composition going with that. So this was a lot of fun. That was all the painting I did on my trip as I was up there. Yeah, it's good to be back. Although I was having so much fun I could have been out there a lot longer <laughs> actually if it wasn't for you know just running out of money and uh, friends having to do other things I could have totally been out there longer so uh, it's good to be home again and uh, be back in the studio so other things I got going on I just finished with my patreon giveaway so I'm sending that out tomorrow to the lucky winner and yeah let me know what you guys think about that I don't know if you guys all saw that I was giving away a little 5x7 painting on patreon everybody who had subscribed to my patreon page for five dollars or more was entered into a giveaway and it seemed like people were into it I got a lot more people subscribing to my Patreon than I had in the past so I'm thinking that I'll probably do more of those Patreon giveaways 
because um, it seems like it really enticed people to sign up for my Patreon. And so uh, what I think I'm going to do is just do small studies like that of just things that I want to paint but don't necessarily have a great place for them in galleries. And so instead of, well, I'll also put them on my um, store as well, but I'll do ones that are specifically for Patreon and uh, specifically made that I'm going to give them away on there. So, um, yeah, if people keep wanting to support me on there and that's how they want to support me on there and that's the incentive that it takes for me to get more people supporting me, then I won't mind doing that. So that's my plan for that. Also for my Patreon, I'm going to do some videos in the future. I'm going to do a video of uh, the Painted Roses series. I'm going to walk you through all the parts that I do of it, starting with the reference part. Uh, there's so many people who ask me how I get the merging of the background effect and I do tell people a little bit about it when they ask me but uh, I think I'm going to finally reveal in step by step little video series how I do it and just you know put it up on Patreon and have people if they want to see it they can subscribe and I'll walk them through all the parts of it and so when I shot Floofy she gave me permission that I could use her pictures I guess as the subject of the video series so yeah that's what I'll do with that and hopefully if enough people want to see that it'll get me some more patrons on there so I think people will be interested in seeing that once they see the results from it so that was a fun shoot with her so I had to wear this interesting lingerie that I found and so that should be fun I think people will like that speaking of painted roses and all that let me show you real quick so if you guys didn't know last week I showed that I did the limited edition print of this painting that I'm showing in front of me right now. Uh, this is the original of Floribunda. So I just did a um, limited edition print that you can find on the People's Print Shop. And so that's what this painting looks like. The original oil. And I'm not sure if I'm going to hold on to this one or if I'm going to send it to a gallery or or hold on to it for a future show. So you can get limited edition prints of it right now. They're still available on the peoplesprintshop.com website. Thank you 516JK said beautiful. <laughs> so the model that I use for, I'll just hold it up right here. Uh, I'll just leave it like that. The model that I use for this uh, portion of the series, Anoush, Anu, 
New Zealand model, but based out of Ohio. And I'd worked with her once before, but I'd always wanted to do a new shoot with her that gave it a bit more justice to her skills as a model. She's great. So uh, this one was one of the standout references that I got from that shoot. So I ended up doing a painting out of it. So um, this one was probably the one that I was most excited to do. So I got right on it really quickly to paint this one. I'm definitely going to do more, including I have a canvas in here that I believe is uh 36 by 48 that I'm going to do of her. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And so, yeah. If you guys want to buy a print of this painting, you can do so at thepeoplesprints.com. As far as the Painted Roses show, or uh, series goes, I'm finding myself kind of running out of uh, ideas to do with it. I have other ideas in mind that I want to work on. Even though the Painted Roses stuff is still the most popular work that I do, it's definitely getting to the point where I really feel myself needing to break out of it. There, there has been this other series here that I've been working on. Uh, very, these uh, semi-abstract paintings that I've been doing lately. Of uh, Well, I started this probably... Um, beginning of this year and I've just been sort of plugging away slowly at, at this series and it's been fun to do these I just it's hard to just squeeze enough time out of the day to, with everything else going on to work on these some more but um, th these are getting close to where I want to start to show them off more but um, there's still more I want to do to this pain to make it fit the vision that I had going into it but it's a lot of fun to work on all the texture and everything that, that you can see in it and they become more uh, studies of of form and composition than anything specific of a figure so there's one example of that here's one that's not as far along but you can see partly what's going on with that. What I like about working on these is that just throwing in a little bit of recognizable things in the figure really sells the rest of what else is going on as studies of, of shape and form and texture and value and everything. All you need is just a little bit. You can see in this one in particular there's kind of a shoulder and arm in, in the what you would call the foreground. The fun part of these is just, yeah, figuring out where to go with them because they're not meant to be that representational. So it just wherever they end up going, that's where they go. And yeah, it's fun to like do all sorts of different things with them. That's that one. And this one, it's a little bit bigger but it's in its early stages. Yeah, this one I'm working on a little bit differently, um, keeping the lights actually really thin and building up the rest of the paint and texture and everything around it. This is actually a dry pigment that I just threw on top of wax to get that effect. 
So that's yeah, it's just uh, fun to play around with with this kind of work and see where it goes. So there's that one. I have the Miyazaki show coming up actually. There's a painting that I did for that and I will post it up on my Instagram feed later this week so that hopefully people are enticed to go check that out if they're in LA. I normally don't do a lot of theme shows but uh, Miyazaki is a worthy subject. His movies have been an influence on me more than I really realized before I started working on this and so this is the second year I get to do something for that event and I've stuck with doing uh, Princess Mononoke and it's just been a movie that uh, early on as an artist it really affected me uh, it's one of those movies that just the aesthetic of it the subject matter just the the mood and everything everything about it was up my alley so if I do another Miyazaki show like that it'll probably be another Princess Mononoke scene as well although uh, I might do like Nausicaa or one of those as well because that's a great movie and also an influence on me group shows I'm becoming less and less interested in as a, a way to show my work I'm just kind of more interested now in exploring my own themes as an artist and then coming up with a series and then finding a home for it after the fact rather than having a gallery approach me and then filling work for their walls specifically. I kind of want to work on it the other way around. It's very specific set of circumstances that would make me want to do a theme group show <laughs> so um, that's one of them and so yeah I think that we've been especially Josh and I who I do the podcast with we've been talking a lot about galleries and what they mean for artists and especially in this day and age where galleries they don't feel like they're holding up their end of the bargain as much as they used to. It's just gotten a lot harder. The internet has sort of equalized everything. So galleries who were just going off of the strength of being like the king of their little area that they occupy, they're now competing with the world as far as uh, other people trying to sell their art online artists trying to sell their art online. It makes it harder for everybody, I guess, but it also makes it a little bit easier to get your name out there, but then there's, everybody's got a little piece of the pie, so it's hard for any one gallery or situation to dominate anymore. So it makes it harder to do things the way they've been done for the past few decades but at the same time it gives everybody a chance to figure out what's the best new way to do things so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens I think things like Patreon and trying to do other things like that YouTube channels <laughs> all that 
developing your following, connecting with people who care about you enough to listen to what you have to say. Hopefully that that um, inspires people to want to collect your work. So that's part of why I'm doing this here. So yeah, it's going to be fun to see what happens next with not only what I'm doing here, but what other people do. Hopefully that inspires people to go at it their own way. If galleries are working for them, great. <laughs> keep doing it. If what you're doing right now is working, keep doing it. But yeah, definitely keep your eye out on what else is going on in the art world and how other people are making their money because you never know. One day you might wake up and your situation isn't working anymore like you had hoped it had been and so that happened when uh, the internet first came out and now it's happening again with social media becoming such a big thing in the world and so yeah just uh, we're all trying to figure it out here and hopefully somebody out there <laughs> figures it all out for us but that's probably not gonna happen so just keep working at it and hopefully you get to a point where you're doing what you love making enough money off of it that you can keep doing it and not worry too much about day jobs or where your next sale is coming from and all that so yeah that's kind of where I am at right now just trying to get to that point yeah I think that will do it for this first episode so yeah check me out on all my social media stuff mostly at main loop on instagram that's been the thing that i've been into the most this has been thin coat of varnish let me know what you think of this first episode all right guys thanks for joining me i'll see you next time